Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his nearly superhuman knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey everybody, welcome into Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow and welcome to October. This is our October edition of the podcast. We appreciate your time as always as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Tony. And this week on the docket, the Financial Dictionary and maybe a couple of emails if we have time. What is up, my friend? How are you? I am good. Thank you. Just got back from uh, a, a little vacation. Well, how'd it go with uh, the crazy 2020? Okay. Yeah. Not too bad. Not okay. too bad. Hey, that's that's yeah. pretty good in this year. I'll take not too bad. <laughs> I got to I, I tell you, it, it's so weird. And I traveled earlier this year out to Vail to visit my son. And uh-huh. it, it's, it's weird not to see all the business travelers, you know, and, and right. people are, are just kind of stepping back in. But yeah, the travel industry is is definitely still hurting. Uh, yeah, and, altered and, and strange. Oof, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, good. I'm glad you had a a good time, a little mini or a little vacation there, and enjoyed yourself, a little getaway. That's always a good thing. And we are into October, so I don't know. A lot of people are definitely fans of the fall, fans of the pumpkin spice, and all those things that come in the fall, along with Halloween and things of that nature. So. Uh, If you're a fan of that, enjoy yourself as we get started this month. But for today, let's talk about the financial dictionary. Let's step into the classroom, so to speak, and just cover some buzzwords. Are these things important to know? We'll let Tony tell us what are they, you know, how might they impact us, things like that. So what is, well, an EA, an enrolled agent, which is one of the things you are? That is one of the things I am near and dear to my heart. And what an enrolled agent is, it kind of sounds weird because... I wish they would have came up with a better name than that. Sounds like some kind of CIA. <laughs> well, there you go. It's got a cool feel to it. I'm, yeah. But, you know, an enrolled agent is a tax specialist that is enrolled to practice before the U.S. Treasury in all 50 states. So it's a federal licensure. And, you know, unlike the CPA, which is state driven, most people equate CPAs, uh, you know, with accounting. EAs basically, I mean, we do accounting and payroll as well, but the EAs more are equated with tax specialists. You know, that that's really what what we thrive on gotcha. and whatnot in that area. So, you know, we not only help people with their tax returns and trying to tax plan and whatnot, but we also, at least with us, you know, help people with IRS tax problems, you know, which is, we don't really talk about that too much, but there are a lot of people out there that you know, have gotten, for whatever reason, um, a little sideways with the IRS or their states, and and they need help because they're not two of the most helpful agencies to work with. And so trying to get them a little bit of peace of mind there and trying to get them back on track is is uh, something that a lot of enrolled agents work in. It's kind of a little specialty niche there. But okay. you want to, if you're looking for somebody to, to help you with your taxes, you know, that, that you're not doing them yourself or whatnot. You want to look for a CPA or an EA or some, you know, somebody like that rather than just, you know, Tom Smith that's, you know, possibly doing them out of his garage because <laughs> they're, they're not required to follow any type of, of rules. You know, that they're not held to high ethical standards, you know, things like that. Gotcha. And, and so it's important there, but. Yeah, definitely. That's, definitely. It's kind of it in a nutshell. That's an EA. Okay. And you've and you've been in the industry now for twenty three plus years. You're also, and it's not on our list, but we'll just do it real fast. You're also a CFP. And a lot of people hear that and 
most of us might know what that is, but what's a CFP? Yeah, CFP has done a better job uh, of marketing the uh, the designation. Well, that's a good way of putting you know, it. Yeah, yeah, and and, and of course the, the king is the AICPA. You know what the CPA? Because you know you ask anybody, everybody knows what a CPA is. Right. And so, but a CFP is a certified financial planner. So again, it's it's a person that has gone through some some rigorous, I would say, is an understatement, training <laughs> and of course exam. And, you know, to earn that designation in the area of, you know, the, the six major points of a person's financial life or financial planning. And so, again, someone that's held to a pretty high ethical standard, you know, we're supposed to follow the fiduciary rule and, and always put the client's interests first. A lot of people don't don't realize that. They just think everybody does that. It's not really the case. Which is kind of silly, right? It's one of those things where you think, why do we need a law to tell us not yeah. to, you know, uh, exactly. you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's common sense. And why do we need something to tell us we should be ethical, but yet we do. Right. So, yeah, yeah we do. And, 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 and we still have problems. And yeah. We, but, you know, the, the certified natural planner, really most of, most of the people in the profession are planners of some sort and, you know, are helping people through the various stages of their life and their personal financial plans. Well, and as you mentioned, it's quite rigorous as well. So typically a lot of folks, uh, if you, if you're working with somebody who is a CFP, they have definitely, uh, some might say gone the extra mile to, you know, to get all those certifications and get all that extra, uh, education and training in there. So that's something to certainly that some people really look for. So, uh, they really do. And, you know, uh, the the last thing on that and and the, the, and they're all all great from but but having the designations for so long, I think what a lot of people don't realize is because these different governing bodies, what they impose upon us is the continuing ed requirements, mm-hmm. you know, that we're kind of subjected to. Now, obviously, we enjoy what we do, and most of that is pretty good. But you know, they they also make you really stay current because stuff's changing so fast in in both of those areas. Right. If you're if you're not doing that, you know, you really you're giving your clients a disservice. No, absolutely. That's a great point. And, and if, you know, unfortunately it is what it is, but a lot, a lot of times it's not like our government sometimes makes rules that make sense and you still got to learn them and you still got to work with them, right, within the yeah. parameters. So, uh, yeah. and of course being, you know, doing a lot of taxes and things of that nature, you are certainly well versed in some of the, the things, the goofy things that the government does from a rule standpoint from time to yes. time. Uh, all right, so that's those two. So let's get into some other things. Estate tax, I think most people can kind of figure this out, but they don't often understand what it really is and how it might affect them. They really don't. And we get a lot of tax clients asking, you know, well, you know, when I die, I know I'm going to have to pay a state tax. And they're a little confused on it. This is a very technical area, but what it is, is it's a, it's a tax really designed for the government to kind of get their hands on the wealth of the, of the truly wealthy these days. The estate tax threshold is very high right now. Uh, it's like 11 million and some change per person. So, you know, effectively, when you're married, you basically have a $22 million exemption, meaning that if you're not worth more than that, you don't pay any estate tax and, you know, you get out of well, that. Well, I'm, I'm safe then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's weird because it used to be in, in, in my lifetime, you know, it used to be way down around a million, then two million, then five million. Now yeah. it has gone up. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, you look at, at some of the very wealthy in this country and, and you point out some big names and whatnot, you know, Warren Buffett, you know, Bill Gates, you know, list goes on and on. Sure. Those guys certainly have to plan, but even, even people though, you know, even on the coasts that are making some money and even here in the heartland, you know, some farmers that, you know, with the way land has gone up, 
uh, over the years. There, there could be some big farms that potentially could have some estate tax due when they die. And it's very progressive. It gets up all the way up to 55% very quickly. And so people with potential state tax issues need to definitely plan not only with the accountant, but with the uh, state tax attorneys to make sure that, you know, you're not losing half your wealth to estate taxes for your heirs if you have those kinds of issues. But for most of us, it doesn't really come into play. You know, the most uh, you know average Joes and even, even, I mean, you know, 22 million net worth is, uh, is quite large. Oh yeah. Definitely. By, uh, by Midwestern standards, but mm-hmm. um, it's something that it, it buzzes around, you know, and you never know that they, they could drop these things back down to some other levels to try to capture more. Yeah. And there's conversation about revenue. that as well. So exactly. Uh, I mean, the government's in trouble you know, we're, yeah. we're in this virus days, you know, that they're spending money. I think I just saw a stat last month. What was it? Uh, the national something about the national debt is bigger than the economy now or something. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. pretty hefty. It's pretty hefty. So yeah, there, there's, you know, lots of conversation, lots of things out there we see in here on a regular about different ways they may be coming after different kinds of taxes and things of that nature. Of course, we've got the election coming up and just a, a couple of days over a month now from the time that we're doing this here. So, uh, you know, there's big conversation there, you know, one, one side is, you know, may, may raise taxes. The other side may keep it yeah. the same. Who knows? Right. So yeah. won't know till it happens, but lots of stuff on the horizon. But anyway, for now, let's continue on with our financial dictionary. Support and resistance. This is something, it's definitely a buzzword that I think we try to hear in a lot of avenues of customer service. But in this arena, what is support and resistance? Well, in this arena, and and people probably see it more today than they used to because there's so much on the news, especially if you turn on you know MSNBC or CNN, especially when the market's going, you see all these charts flying up and these colors, you know, and things like that. But this is a technical term, again, basically in an area of finance called technical analysis, that the technicians always, uh, the, their premonition was, we can predict how the market's going by the way that things behave. In other words, the way the, the markets kind of go up and down. And they plot lines and they, they do all this. So in their, in their world, the support line is kind of like a bottom line that a stock or or bond might be trading that it doesn't break through. It kind of bounces around between its support at the bottom and its resistance at the top. And as they break through one of these, it's, you you know, usually when it breaks through on the downside on the support line, the technical uh, people think, well, then that's a sign that this stock is probably going to drop further. Same way on the, on the, on the upside, once it breaks through, it keeps going up. And they always point to these historical patterns. I never have been a huge believer in it, but in all my years, I've never spent enough time really trying to understand the way lines go. To me, that, again, is trying to predict things that I have no control over. And I'm more of a planner that I know where we need to be over the long term, and that's generally in equities. And these little micro things, I think, more are for trying to maybe make money in the short term, which I don't advocate. But there are a lot of people out there trying it, and, yeah. and there might be some even doing it. But I, I'm not a big believer in that, but that's kind of a buzzword. So if you see it on uh, one of the new shows, you can kind of 
kind of follow along, get with the lines, and at least have an idea of what it is. Right. Gotcha. And that's kind of why we're doing this, because we do hear a lot of these terms and different words and things. Sometimes we maybe have a, a, a grasp on them. Sometimes we don't. And then if we, you know, misinformation, obviously, it was rampant and also in 2020. So uh, we could certainly, you know, easily go down the wrong path if we're not checking it out. So let's take a look at a couple of things or one more here, uh, at least for sure. Maybe we can squeeze in another one. But JTWROS. What yeah, in the world term. is that? So this is a fancy acronym for joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Okay. All right. So generally that's, that's a titling uh, issue, you know, in property or in, in certain cases, uh, investment accounts and whatnot. And what that means is that if you title something like that, you are a joint tenant. And if, if you and I have something that we own together in, with this designation, that means if I die, it automatically comes to you with rights of survivorship if you survive me, and it doesn't have to pass through my will. So it, it's a good thing to have if you understand what it means, and that's that's your intention. That way, I don't have to include that in my will, and I know that you know the person that I've designated that's on this account with me, it goes right to them. But you know, if if you kind of just willy nilly go into something like that and, and you get something titled like that and that wasn't your intent, then you need to again, talk to your accountant or your attorney and make sure that stuff is titled properly. Because when you start talking legal stuff, title and all that, you're usually talking about stuff that matters, which is either, you know, larger investment accounts, uh, retirement accounts, property, things like that. You want to make sure that you're, you know, what happens is what you intended to happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know. Yeah, because um, there's so many things out there, that's for sure. And I would definitely say if you hear a buzzword or if there's something you keep seeing kind of on repeat and you're not sure what it is or you're being told about it specifically as it relates to your situation and not just maybe seeing it on the you know the telly or something like that. I don't know why I said Brit- I went British all of a sudden and said telly, but either way, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you've seen something like that, always check with a qualified professional. Reach out to Tony and his team. Call him and say, hey, someone's talking to me about you know this. What is this buzzword or whatever the case is? And that could be a lot of things you know it, sometimes people get confused and there's multiple kinds of annuities and they get all those kind of jumbled together so there's so many buzzwords in any industry it's always a good idea to have those conversations with uh, someone who has a lot of experience and of course as we said earlier in the show tony is an ea and a cfp with 23 plus years of experience so just call him at 844-707-7381 you can also stop by yourplanningpros.com there's a lot of good tools tips and resources there you can subscribe and find the podcast as well uh, you can also just search out Plan with the Tax Man on whatever app you're using. But if you're at yourplanningpros.com, also send us an email. We'll be happy to try to tackle those on the show from time to time. And we're going to do that right now. I'm going to switch gears and see what Jake's got for you. He said, Tony, I, I'm uh, getting a big tax refund this year, obviously with the delayed filings and everything. And uh, and actually, I have for the last several years. So it is nice to get that refund. But am I better off just to keep more money throughout the year? Yes. And from a tax perspective, we, we get this every year. And, and it's funny because most of our clients, our tax clients, that is, generally uh, receive refunds, you know, and they're happy with that because unfortunately, they use it kind of as a forced savings. And that's the only way they can save. Now, you know, and from the financial planning world, that's probably not the best way to save because the old adage is, you know, you're giving the government an interest-free loan. And back in the day when you could put it in a savings account and get five, seven, 8% on it, you know, it made a lot of sense not to let them do that. But in today's world with, you know, savings uh, interest rates so low, 
you know, it kind of just depends on personal preference. I mean, some people just want that money. They use it for vacations and to pay off their Christmas spending and whatnot. And that's okay. It's all your money. You know, it, it's not magic here. And I think every year we have to remind some clients, this is still your money here. It's just, you know, do you want it a little in little chunks throughout the right. year? And they all say, no, because I can't save it. It just gets eaten up. I don't know where it went. Right. And I'd rather have it now. <laughs> Others, you know, more savvy saying, no way. I'm not letting the government hold any more than I have to. I want to pay my fair share. Right. Right. But I want my money. And, that's that's uh, always kind of how I heard it. So I would, I would have people say stuff like, I tell you what, why don't you give me the money? I'll hold it for you. Uh, and then I'll give it back to you at the end of the year with no, yes. you know, no interest, you know, cause right. that's what the government's doing, right? That's what the government's doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you put it like that to people, you know, if, if I did that with our many tax clients, boy, I could have a lot and that's what they do. You know, I could have a lot of money I could use for a year. Now with the caveat is, is, I got to give it back. Got to give it all back, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> if I go spend it, but the government has a unique position because they go spend it, as you know, right? And they spend more than they take in, but then they could they have the magic wand where they can, of course, print money and send it back to, and whatnot. Borrow. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, so let me let me ask you this, Tony. I was kind of always told, and let me as a you know as an EA, tell me where you stand on this. I was always told to shoot for zero. You know, like the idea is you don't want to have to pay too much and you don't want to have to get back too much because if you do, that means you're working, you know, your tax, you know, equation out correctly, uh, and that's kind of like the the ultimate goal is to shoot for as low as close to zero as possible. Close to zero as possible. We 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 go one more for for the the people that really want to do that. Okay. Is we say, look, if we can get you plus or minus $500 around that zero mark, we have done really well, you know, so exactly. if you're, yeah, if you're okay with, you know, uh, something happened and okay, I owe $400 here, no big deal. Right. Or, uh, we missed on the other side and you're getting back 400, you know, that you're maximizing the money in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and making sure that, you know, you don't have a huge surprise at the end of the year. Cause you gotta, you know, the government wants its share and you gotta, right. you gotta pay it or you get behind the eight ball there. Exactly. But that's uh, how yeah, I was always told. So to me, yeah, same kind of thing. You say zero, but right. It's that like, you know, within a 500 bucks or so, because it's something that won't be too catastrophic either way. Right. No, yeah. no, exactly. And, and that way and, and that's the way I feel. I, I don't like to let the government, I, I'll give you a, an example here sure, too yeah. of the government hold. In fact, it's going on right now with my brother, second year in a row. So in for 2018, he did not get his refund and they owed him about 4,500 bucks. Okay. Uh, you know, and they kept telling him that his W2 was wrong. This was the feds. Mm -hmm. And we did not get this straightened out until November of 19. Okay. So he was supposed to get his refund back in April of 19, didn't get it till November. Well, luckily he didn't necessarily need that money, but it kind of got to a point where like, wait a minute, this is my money. Right. I didn't make a mistake and, here. And he didn't get any, uh, he didn't get any penalties and interest if had it been the other way. <laughs> oh yeah. But the other way, you know, penalties, interest. So he had to finally get me involved and I had to, I, we had to contact the taxpayer advocate. The advocate agreed, said, let this guy have his money. There's nothing. You guys made a mistake, meaning the IRS. Right. And they released his refund. So, you know, uh, if you were depending on that money and then you didn't get it like that, you're at the whim of a huge, huge organization that has a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of inefficiencies. <laughs> Why go through all that? Right. And it happened just here in 19. He, he, so we filed his 2019 taxes here in, in uh, March of 20, still doesn't have his refund. And we're fighting with the IRS again. We're going to have to go to the taxpayer oh, advocate no. again. Sounds like he's stuck in sort of some sort of rabbit hole there. So, some sort of weird. It's, it's not an audit. It's just they, they can't figure out why his withholding doesn't appear correct. 
And now what he's done though for 2020 is saying, all right, that's it. I'm not letting them hold my money anymore because I'm not going to have to fight with them and go through the aggravation yeah, exactly. just to get it. And yeah. so that's, and then same way with Iowa here, a couple of years ago, Iowa said, well, we're a little short. We're, we're not going to issue refunds till April, basically when they had money coming in from estimates, you mm -hmm. know, and so I just have something I, I, and I'm not knocking the government. Don't get me wrong. Well, like you said, a it's, a it's a huge, huge entity. And you, you know, there's definitely going to be some, some, um, you know, just mess in something that right. large. Yeah. So, so, I mean, what happens when you're depending on your two, $3,000 refund to go on spring break vacation, something like what I just said happens and then you can't go. Or you fix know, your AC unit or, you know, yeah. yeah. No. That that's not good. I mean, you're eventually going to get your money, but you know, you then you just really get mad, and it's just, oh yeah. It's and, and again, to to the point I had earlier, I think that's where people get really annoyed too. It's the same kind of thing with and for any doctors out there listening, no offense, but it's the same kind of thing when you know it's like if you don't go to the if you happen to not call and tell them, sometimes you'll get hit with a you know a charge for you know for missing your appointment, but yet we can right. go sit there for sometimes you know an hour or two hours past our appointment time, and <laughs> and yet we don't get any kind of you know recompense on that. Same thing with the government. It's frustrating when you're like, wait a minute, how can you hold on to my money for five months and not pay me anything extra? But if I owed you some money for five months, man, you'd certainly be after it. Well, they'd be uh, after you. Yeah, you get letters. You know, it's some, probably some threatening letters. And it's five so months. funny about that. Like I had to, I sent something in one time, and we were off like by I don't know four dollars or something. And so you get the letter for four dollars. You send them the four dollars, and by the time they get it, they've already sent you another one saying that the four dollars was late, and now you owe like a dollar seventy-five. I know. So I you know send the dollar seventy-five, and the same thing. By the time yeah. you get it, it's down to like forty cents. And I'm like, oh, right. are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And, and we always recommend. Getting getting everything paid. Don't don't send checks anymore. Let let's pay at EFT. So it's boom. It's right there because oh, it's good. Uh, yeah. You know, even in today's world, right now, what's happening with COVID is people's money. You know, their their tax clients call and say, "Well, I send a check. It's not cash. Hasn't been for three months." So they forget that IRS has been. Now that working. has now that has not been the problem for me. So I do oh, my quarterly estimates. No, they actually were on it. They used to oh, be good. actually slower. I sent my quarterly estimates. You know, in this year, as you mentioned, some of those earlier. And I wrote one, I wrote them on Monday. They were, they were cashed by Thursday. Oh, that's good. I was like, yeah. I was surprised actually. Cause within three days they were, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's going good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or they just want, they did, they're like, we need the money. Give it here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, folks. So that's our financial dictionary conversation this week here on the podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into the show. We certainly appreciate it. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider giving us a subscribe on whatever platform you choose, Apple, Google, Spotify. Maybe this was sent out to you in an email blast or something from Tony or whatever the case might be. If you haven't done so, we'd certainly appreciate it. Just type in Plan with the Tax Man in whatever app you like using uh, or go to plan yourplanningpros.com. Again, that's your planning pros. Dot com. You can find a wealth of information there as well. And of course, if you have any questions, always reach out first, 844-707-7381. And I will talk to you in a couple of weeks, sir, probably just shortly before Halloween. So you have yourself a good October and I will catch you soon. All right. Sounds good. Take care. We'll see you next time, folks, right here on Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. Securities offered through Advant Tax Investment Services, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Advant Tax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through Advant Tax Insurance Agency.